Hello, friends, and welcome to the very first episode of Worldwide Crime. My name is Eric, I'm your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Erica. Hello, listeners. Wait, why am I British? Because I wanted you to be. So right out of the gate, I don't get a choice in who I am. I can now see why you chose true crime as a podcast topic. Wait, what the hell is that supposed to mean? It means you're a nasally voiced prick with a god complex. You aren't much different than the assholes we cover in this show. You tick all the boxes save actually killing anyone. Holy shit. What crawled up your ass? Just forget it. Who are we covering today? Wow, okay. Um, we're going to be covering Luis Garavito. Starting off with a bang then. Okay, let's do this. Luis Alfredo Garavito Cubilos a Colombian serial killer that arguably has the highest body count of any one killer in written history. Luis was born January 25th, 1957, in Genova, Colombia, to Rosa Della Cubulos and Manuel Antonio Garavito. He was the eldest of seven siblings. As a child, Luis was physically and emotionally abused by his father and sexually abused by at least two neighbors. His mother worked as a prostitute and was not excluded from Manuel's abuses. Luis was often present when his mother serviced clients. These clients also sexually abused Luis, which investigators theorized perpetuated his actions as an adult. That is absolutely heartbreaking. I can't. Can't what? Deal. I can't deal. Well, unfortunately, you've been designed to, quote, deal. End quote. This is too heavy for me. Come on now. We can get through this. I know, but I'm already feeling sick. Can't feel sick. You're a robot. I know that, you idiot. I was trying to appeal to the audience. You need to stop saying mean shit to me. Stop saying dumb shit and I will. Luis only attended school for five years, and he left home at the age of 16. He worked as a store clerk, then as a street vendor selling religious trinkets. As time went on, Luis became an alcoholic. Alcohol was the coping mechanism used to deal with the traumas experienced as a child. It also affected his ability to function as an adult. Told you. Um, told me what, exactly? That you are a lot like the assholes we cover in the show. Oh my god, um, why don't you just shut up? You shut up. You don't do any of us any favors when you speak. Okay. I think maybe it's time for someone to have a a little nap. Drunken behavior would continue to a boiling point with residents. And when he knew he'd wore out his welcome, Luis would move on to the next town. With every new town he visited, he changed his appearance. This cycle continued for years until his capture on April 22nd, 1999. The crimes he committed are the thing of nightmares. Many say the victims Luis chose made the crimes even harder to fathom. The victims he chose were children. Okay, you know what? Fuck this. You don't even know what he did yet. I don't need to know what he did. Whatever it was, he did it to children and that's where I draw the line. And spit that fucking candy out of your mouth. No way. It's a fireball. Are you even capable of pretending to be an adult? Of course I am. 
I'm totally an adult. I do adult shit all the time. In 1992, reports of missing children started pouring in. Unfortunately, there was a decades-old civil war raging, and these children were mostly homeless, orphaned, and extremely impoverished. Due to this, the missing child cases were a low priority for authorities. This gave Luis's reign of terror little to no obstacle. In 1997, a mass grave was discovered containing 36 victims, all males with ages ranging from 6 to 16. All the corpses showed signs of prolonged torture, rape, and mutilation. The victims had bite marks and had been stabbed, cut, and anally penetrated with sharp objects such as knives and screwdrivers. Investigators claim that some of the victims' throats were cut so deeply it nearly decapitated them. The victims' genitalia was often removed and placed in their own mouths. Are you serious? Uh, to which part are you referring? All of it. This can't be real. It is. I researched it for a long time, found several different credible sources, all basically stating the same thing. So, yeah, it's real. Bloody hell. I know. This shit is gross, but let's just do our best to get through it, okay? Okay. Bottles of lubrication and alcohol were found at the crime scenes as well. Luis would approach his victims with promises of food or money. He would befriend them and take them on long walks to separate them from the public. As soon as his victims showed signs of tiring out and they were secluded enough, he attacked. With a large number of children reported missing and the mass grave discoveries popping up all over Colombia, this could be ignored by authorities no more. A widespread investigation was launched. In 1998, the bodies of two young boys were discovered on a hill outside of Luis's home in Genova. The next day, a third body was found. All three victims were found nude with their hands bound. The modus operandi was consistent with previously discovered victims. However, this crime scene had evidence that had not been found to this point. Along with the murder weapon, lubrication, and alcohol bottles, there was a piece of paper with an address written on it. Authorities quickly tracked down the address and found it belonged to Luis's girlfriend, Teresa. He had a girlfriend. I don't even know what's happening anymore. I have so many questions. Like, how could she not know what he was doing? Well, she was either complicit, ignoring it, or she truly didn't know what was going on. It actually happens a lot in these kind of cases. Um, the girlfriend is just left blind, basically, because the killer became so good at covering it up. Or she's just as sick as he is, and she's like, yeah, you do you, boo, and I'll just you know, pretend I don't know shit. It's hard to say I couldn't find much more on it in my research, but yeah, it's pretty fucked. In Teresa's home, authorities found a bag containing pictures, a journal, and money. All the pictures were of young boys, and the journal investigators found detailed descriptions of the crimes and marks tallying the number of victims. It should not go without mentioning that Teresa had a child of her own. And according to her, 
Luis and the child got along well. Oh, fuck you. Hey, don't kill the messenger. I'm just simply telling the story. I didn't have anything to do with it. So this is my purpose. I sit here and listen to shit like this from now on. Yeah, that's that's what you're here for. But don't worry, you'll you'll work it out. The evidence gathered in Teresa's home led investigators to Luis's residence. It was vacant. Authorities concluded that Luis was either traveling for work or searching for his next victim. A few days later, Luis was arrested on attempted rape charges of a minor. The struggle was witnessed by a nearby homeless man, and the attack was interrupted. The local police that arrested Luis had no idea of the previous crimes he had committed. When investigators linked Luis to both the evidence and the victims, he was arrested for murder. In early police interviews with Luis, he maintained his innocence. When police detailed the findings at the crime scenes, Luis wept. He appeared appalled by all this. Luis would eventually confess to being La Bestia, a moniker given by authorities and the public alike to whomever was responsible for these heinous crimes. Translated to English, it means the beast. I can't believe I'm going to ask this, but is there any way he didn't know what he had done? Maybe during the interviews he was truly shocked at the horrific nature of the crimes due to his not remembering committing them. Well, it could be. I mean, anything's really possible. For all I know, he could have been possessed by a demon. <laughs> it's it's hard to tell. Um, the Colombian Justice Department, I don't think they delved too deep into that. To them, it was kind of black and white. Like, if you did this type of shit, and you did it this many times, you knew exactly what you were doing. Insanity, at least in America in a court of law, is dictated on whether or not you truly know the difference between right or wrong. And that is involved in all aspects of your life, not, you know, raping and killing kids. Nope. Not going down the demonic possession road. Demons aren't real. How the hell do you know? Have you ever seen one? Well, not the way movies portray them to be, but if there was ever a demon, this guy is it. The shit he did was the type of shit I would imagine demons would do, so... Dude, drop it. They aren't real. End of discussion. You know, a smarter host might detect a little bit of fear in their co-host's voice if we were in, in that situation, but I mean, clearly we're not. You don't believe they're real because you're a skeptic. I say, who knows? You know, it's not a thing of like, prove me right. It's a thing of prove me wrong in these kind of situations. So you're just going to have to deal with that. I have a little, uh, a little kiss of paranormal to me, a little, a little X-Files, if you will. And a whole lot of bullshit. Oh, are you afraid there might be a little uh, ghost in the machine action going on? Is that, is that what you're worried about? Get back to the story before I lose my temper. <laughs> okay. All right, back to the story. The Colombian Justice Department needed more than just Luis's confession to obtain a conviction. One day, while Luis was out of his cell, authorities gathered a DNA sample from his pillow. It was then tested against the DNA found at the crime scenes. It was a match. With this additional evidence, Luis eventually confessed to the abduction, rape, 
murder and mutilation of 140 children. He was charged with 172, but convicted of 138. The other murder investigations are ongoing. Luis was sentenced to 1,853 years and nine days, the longest in Colombian history. However, Colombian law limits prison sentences to a maximum of 40 years. Luis later agreed to help police with their investigation, lessening his sentence further to 22 years. Luis drew maps to help authorities find more victims. Due to the scope of these maps, police estimate the victim count to exceed 400. Luis Alfredo Garavito Cubalos will be eligible for parole in 2023. And there you have it. That's the story of Luis Alfredo Garavito. What'd you think? What do I think? I'm pissed. What did you expect? Well, I'm sure everybody feels some kind of way about what they just heard, but I want to know, like, specifically, what are you pissed about? Well, let's see. He's doing less time than people who got hemmed up for weed. He tortured, raped, and killed at least 138 kids. And I have no choice but listen to you talk about shit like this the rest of my existence. Does that answer your question? I think so. Uh, Thank you for your input. It means a lot. Anyways, guys, uh, you can find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Worldwide Crime Podcast. Please give us ideas of who we should cover in the future. Um, Any recommendations are accepted. If we happen to choose your recommendation, we'll give you a shout out at the end or at the beginning of each show. And until next time, guys, we'll see you on the next one.